on today's episode of the Breaking the Game show on Dash Radio. Kenneth is joined by Justin Payton as they talk about the NBA MVP, the Pacific Division preview, as well as Kenneth's 25 through 11 players list. Let's get right into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Breaking the Game show on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm your host for the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and I'm joined here today by Justin Payton once again, otherwise known as JP Franchise. JP, how are you doing today, man? Man, thank you so much, Kenneth, for bringing me on Breaking the Game. I always love Breaking the Game, man. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. We're super excited because the NBA season, we're, we're 10 Woo! days away. We're, we're right around the corner, yes. right there. And uh, so we're going to have a fun discussion today. We're going to talk some MVP award. We're going to break down the Pacific division. A lot of moves in that division to talk about. And then we're also going to get into my players list 25 through 11. But let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about the NBA MVP heading into this season. And I feel like it's more wide open than ever. It's mm-hmm. one of those awards that, you know, over the last number of years, it's felt like it's Giannis's award to lose. And, mm-hmm. you know, last year was last man standing. Shout out to Jokic for winning the MVP mm-hmm. last year. But, JP, who are a couple of names that you view as favorites heading into the season? Uh, Giannis is one. Um, LeBron to James, Steph Curry with that team they're going to have this year. Uh, Luka Doncic. Um you know, there could be some fail shots like a Paul George, Zach Levine, and Trey Young just because of how their teams have improved and everything. And um, Joel Embiid is always going to be in the discussion too, especially with Doc Rivers as his coach, and he played more aggressive and played more into the paint style instead of just taking three-point shots and trying to think that he's a guard. So those are the couple names that really stand out in terms of the MVP discussion um, that would have a chance. It's so wide open and, you know, every team's coming back healthy. So it's like, it, it's really wide open. Yeah. And so when we go through these, we're going to be talking about their odds as far as betting goes, because I want to remind our listeners that this show is sponsored by my bookie use promo code off the ball in all caps at sign up. And my bookie matches up to 50% of your first deposit and up to $1,000. So let's sign up and win big. So you mentioned a couple names right off the top. We were talking about Steph Curry, which his odds are 7-1. to one. So, you know, the value is definitely there. And we're going to talk a lot about Golden State as well as actually LeBron as well. He's 12-1 to one odds. We're going to be talking about them in depth in the Pacific Division preview. So we're not going to get too far into it. But Luka Doncic is a name for me that, you know, he does have the best odds heading into the year. So by no means, if you're betting Luka Doncic, are you getting like crazy odds or anything? It's Mm -hmm. plus 450, which plus 450 on a future bet can seem a little bit risky, but he's my favorite heading into the season. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why, I mean, it felt like last year heading into the year, they really wanted Luka to be the MVP. You could tell it from the betting odds. Then I think they, they weren't as high even as they are now because I think mm-hmm. it was like eight to one odds heading in last year. Mm-hmm. But then he got out to a really slow start with Dallas. And I think yeah. that it killed his MVP momentum really early. And, you know, guys like LeBron and Embiid kind of hopped ahead of him. Then they mm-hmm. dealt with some injuries and then Jokic kind of ascended. 
Luca made a late push, but the team yeah. success wasn't really there, I think, in order to be the MVP. But I find when it comes to NBA MVP, it's very narrative driven. Like yeah. every year it's like, okay, whose year is it? Because we know that it's not the best player that wins mm-hmm. it. It's typically the best player on a top two or three team in their conference. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some outliers like when Westbrook won it, yeah. averaging a triple double though. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta give him his just due for being one of the first guys to do that. Mm-hmm. But Luca is on a better team this year. I think them adding some pieces like a Reggie Bullock, I think is gonna be yep. huge, just putting more shooters around him. Yeah, um, the big question mark is always around Kristaps Porzingis on that yep. team. What's he going to bring to the table? But Luke at plus four fifty is one that I really like, just because when you look at teams like Denver and the Clippers, who are going to have injuries this year, like yep. there's going to be no Kawhi, there's going to be no Jamal Murray. Yep, this is an opportunity for Dallas to jump into those top three or four teams. Now they're going to have to compete with Phoenix and the Lakers and Utah, but that four spot is available for them. And if they can go and get that, they put out, Luca puts up great numbers. Once again, yep. he's still super young, so he can still get better. Yep. I think he's got a great chance to win it there. Another guy was Kevin Durant because, yep. you know, we got a lot of question marks surrounding what's happening with Kyrie Irving here. We're seeing yep. it reported daily about, is he going to be able to play? Is he going to get the vaccine, be able to play at home? And like, if he doesn't, if he ultimately makes the decision not to, Brooklyn still is a top two or three oh, yeah. team in that conference. Like just Harden and Durant alone could get oh, you yeah. the one seed in the East. So I think if they do get the one seed, KD is going to be a big reason why. Like Harden's mm-hmm. going to be the distributor, but Durant's going to be the focal point. A lot of people view him as the current best player in the NBA. Yep. So eight to one odds on Kevin Durant which to me yeah. seems pretty low. What do you make of those two names? Um, man, Kevin Durant, yes. If Kevin Durant, you know, becomes – I think he always been the main point and all that. We don't know about the Kyrie Irving situation. I know he got cleared to practice with the team, so we don't know what's going to happen. You know, James Harden coming off, you know, from that hamstring injury he had last year to come, you know, this season how he's going to be. But if KD put up, like, the numbers and play like he did in the playoffs – uh, he got a like a tremendous chance. He could be like the favorite to win the MVP this year. And you know, with that team, that team it looked like it's loaded. You know, picking up a bunch of rookies like uh, you know, Cam Thomas. Like that, they they got a really good shot. You know, to you know win it all or be in the finals. And KD has a a, a bigger chance, a hundred percent chance to win MVP if he puts up the numbers. And hopefully, the only thing with him is just health. We don't know which we just, we don't know which Kevin Durant, you know, we're gonna have. We're gonna probably have the aggressive Kevin Durant, and then something could happen. We don't know what's gonna happen. So it's just healthy is probably why they kind of put him at them low odds though, because we don't know what um, how he's gonna be this season. But if he's healthy and put up the numbers like he did, he has a he has a chance to win MVP. Definitely. So. Who's a guy for you that's a little bit more of a long shot to win the award that you think could take it home just based off of maybe it's the team he's on, maybe it's the situation he's in? Who's a long shot for you? Zach Levine has a long shot to win, you know, MVP. Um, that Chicago Bulls team is like when you look at that roster with DeRozan and Caruso and Lonzo Ball and um, Vucevic, they got 
they got a really good squad. Chicago, if they're a low seed, I don't see Zach Levine winning it. But if they could get into the top like five in the Eastern Conference, I think you could see Zach Levine winning it. But it has to come with consistency. Um, he has to put up the numbers, you know, every night, and he has to play like really good in the big games, you know, in the East that matters the most, um, so that you know he has the chance to win those MVP odds. Trey Young is another guy that could have a chance to win, you know. MVP if you know Atlanta you know we saw them break out in the playoffs to see how good they really are and just the potential there and the hype that Atlanta has and adding you know Jalen Johnson you know from the draft um and Cooper um and you just saw you know preseason they're looking really good and Trey Young assisting and putting up points um you know he has the chance to get into that MVP discussion Paul George too you know people forget about Paul George um you know, with Kawhi being out, Paul George, you know, played really well in the playoffs. And if Paul George put up those numbers, you know, with that Clippers team, you know, he has a chance. People forget he was studded MVP when Westbrook was out and he played really well. So if, you know, if he puts if he puts up the numbers and, you know, you know, being the main focal point for the Clippers, um, he has a chance. He really has a chance. But that Clippers team has to be like at least in the, you know, third or fourth spot in the Western Conference in order for him to get into the MVP discussion the way he plays. Definitely. So the three names you mentioned, obviously, Trey Young, 16 to one odds. You've got Paul George at 33 to one. So he's a bit more of a long shot. Zach Levine is the major long shot at 80 to one, but I like that one as well. All three of those guys are on teams that have the potential to be a three or four seed in their conference. If injuries happen, even a one or two in their conference. So I think the reason why Trey is there is he does have the most around him this year. Like while Chicago has the very deep starting lineup, the bench is a bit weaker. You look at Atlanta, like they're going to be rolling out like so many guys. So many guys. Like Herder might start, which means okay. Then you got Reddish, you got Hunter that's going to be coming in. Mm-hmm. They've got Collins and Capella in the starting lineup for the front court, but like they've got, there's just so many guys in Atlanta. So it Watch could them. be depth that gets them through the season because any of these other teams suffer injuries, they may not have the depth that Atlanta does. Zach mm-hmm. Levine, the reason why he's eighty to one, they're probably assuming Demar is going to come in and he's going to take away some of his exactly. numbers. If Levine stays where he is and everything goes right in Chicago, I completely understand why you could see him there. The Paul George 33 to one. I mean, he's, he's a top five, two way player in the NBA. Yep, He's a great defender and he puts up the numbers. Obviously the playoff P stuff is behind him after last season. So yep. I like Paul George there. I think that that's uh, at 33 to one. If the Clippers get to the four seed, They still have a lot of depth on that team outside of Kawhi being gone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if everything goes right with the Bledsoe acquisition and other things, then then I could definitely see Paul George there. But that's our MVP discussion. Uh, JP, if you had to pick one guy for MVP, who is it this year? Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go Kevin Durant. I think Kevin might take it this year. With that Brooklyn team, with that roster they have, and Kevin, you know, Playing, like I said, played really well in the playoffs. And, you know, it just came with the foot on the line. Still drives me crazy, but I think he has a chance to win it this year. And definitely that Brooklyn Nets team is just loaded this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with the favorite in Luka. Uh, it just feels like the NBA really wants him to be 
the next guy in the NBA. Like, just, I mean, he gets so many TV games, and there's a reason why. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. Every night you're you're seeing a different way that Luca's hitting a big shot or, or making mm-hmm. a huge play. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to do just enough to win MVP this year. And with the injuries with these other teams, I think they'll be able to to leapfrog some of those teams. So let's move over. We're going to focus on the Pacific division now. Uh, if you're watching a live show with us, you can see the ticker at the bottom that gives you how these teams finished last year. And this was the best division in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. The bottom because – when you look at the Phoenix Suns, they went to the NBA Finals last year. They were the two seed in the West. Overall, great season for Phoenix, who hadn't seen a lot of success in many years. Then you had the Clippers. They went to the West Finals, losing to Phoenix. So we're going to have a trend here of teams losing to Phoenix as far as we <laughs> But uh, the Clippers lost in six to them. Obviously, Kawhi getting hurt was a major reason for that. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out. It sounds like the majority of the season. So they're going to have to figure out a way to play without him this year. The Lakers lost to Phoenix in the first round. Anthony Davis getting hurt. LeBron was hurt as well. Big reasons why. But once again, Phoenix went out and won the series. You can't take away from any team that goes out and wins their wins their conference and almost wins the NBA championship. So uh, the Lakers obviously re-upped and we'll get into their offseason. The Warriors lost to the Lakers in the play-in game. Then, surprisingly, I think for most, they lost to Memphis in the second part of that play-in game. I think they were pretty heavily favored to win that game, and Steph and company just couldn't get it done. And then you've got Sacramento, who they're in the bottom quarter of this conference, um, but they do have some bright players on this team, so I'm intrigued to see uh, where they go this year. But let's get right into it. We're going to talk about the first team in this division, we got to talk about the team that went to the NBA Finals in the Phoenix Suns. I mean, we saw Chris Paul head there. His relationship with Devin Booker was great, great backcourt. He also elevated DeAndre Ayton in a sense. A lot of people were talking about him as a potential number one pick bust. Wasn't last year. He was a double-double guy. One of the one of the guys up there for Defensive Player of the Year as well. They got a lot of Mikhail Bridges and other players. So, JP, what did you make of Phoenix, their offseason as a whole, and what do you see for them this year? Um, getting Chris Paul back was huge for the Suns, um, you know, especially you have Devin Booker, you know, play off the ball, you know, and Chris Paul being able to influence those players. Um, getting JaVel McKee was a good piece, too, because the problem that I saw in the finals with the Suns going up against the Bucks was size because, like, they didn't really have anybody to stop Giannis. The only person that could stop, you know, Giannis is – DeAndre Ayton, but he couldn't really be able to stop him. So they needed more size. And again, JaVale McGee, you know, even though people are going to laugh, JaVale McGee, Shaq and the Fool, but when you look at what he's done, you know, past couple of years, he actually was a really good defensive player and a really good valuable asset to any championship team. So getting him was a good, uh, was a good move. I feel like they are still going to be, you know, in the top, you know, three in the West, you know, having those pieces around them. Um, you know, Devin Booker, you know, elevated himself, underrated uh, player, but elevated himself in the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, a great, a good defense player. Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson showed out in the playoffs. And I think this team, this team will go as far as, you know, coach, um, 
Coach, uh, uh, what's his name? Coach uh, Marty. Marty, yeah, Marty Thank you, thank you. I was keeping Walt, but now nah, Marty <laughs> Williams. <laughs> Marty Williams, you know, the way he was coaching them this year, um, I feel like they'll be back, you know, in that top three. And hopefully Chris Paul stays healthy. That's probably the the big re- the big main point. Chris Paul just has to stay healthy. And hopefully they can get DeAndre Ayton to sign the deal. You know, the, I know they're stalling him. They probably don't trust the health. But please sign DeAndre Ayton, sons. Please <laughs> sign them. Goodness. Um, so Phoenix for me, like, they made a few moves, obviously. Like you mentioned, JaVale McGee. They brought in Alfred Payton, who's who's kind of just another rotational guy. Landon yeah. Shamit as well. Yeah. But I do need to kind of vent for a moment because for me, like, this was the summer for Phoenix to go after it. Because whether people realize it or not, their championship window may already be closed. If not this year, it's going to be closed. Because at some point, Chris Paul is going to keep regressing. Like, like he's already in his late 30s. And yes, Booker and Aiton are young, but with the current group that they have, it's centered around those two and Chris Paul. And if Chris Paul is not good to go next season, like if his numbers start to dip, the window's been missed. Like you look at that Western Conference, Utah re-upped, the Lakers re-upped, Dallas went out and added pieces. Warriors. You even, the Warriors went out and added pieces. You look in the Eastern Conference, Miami got better. We saw Milwaukee add some pieces. We saw Brooklyn re-up their roster. Everyone else really re-upped their roster, and it felt like Phoenix was content with, well, we added size in JaVale McGee, and that's enough. And it's, let's face it, it's not enough. We mentioned it in the preamble. Phoenix got to the finals largely due to injuries of other teams. Yep. Kawhi Leonard is winning that series against them. LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy. We saw them when they were healthy. They were winning that series. So Phoenix did nothing for me. Like to me, they're a great regular season team. Once again, they're probably going to be anywhere from the two to four seed in the West, which is great. You get a home playoff series, but you had a chance this summer to really go out and sign guys. When guys like Patty Mills were going to Brooklyn for like $8 million. When guys like Malik Monk were signing small deals, Mm -hmm. when Kendrick Nunn was signing small Mm -hmm. deals, you didn't go out and get any players of that caliber. For me, this is it's a big fat L for Phoenix as far as offseason goes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that might be a bit overreactionary. But to me, you had to go out and add pieces and they really didn't. And so I think they're going to pay playoff time. Like maybe they get that favorable first round matchup and they get through to the West End. Yeah. To me, it ends there. If all the other teams are healthy, Phoenix isn't going any further than that. Yes, Mm -hmm. DeAndre Ayton could get better. Devin Booker could get better. Chris Paul will stay the same. But these other teams got so much better with so much more depth than Phoenix has. And so Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed in Phoenix offseason, if I'm being perfectly honest. But uh, we'll move over now to talk about the Lakers. (laughs) Very busy offseason for my L.A. Lakers. I mean, we go out, we trade for Russell Westbrook. That's obviously the big move. You know, you give up KCP, you give up Kuzma, you give up Harrell in order to do it, which is completely fine with me. Like, I like KCP, but those other two pieces to me just didn't fit with LeBron and AD and LA. Like, they're, they're offensive forwards that you don't really need. Like, they need guys to just rebound and, you know, be able to step out and hit a shot, and that's not really their style. And then they went out, they added some shooters, they added Baysmore, they added Ellington, Monk, Ariza, who's hurt now, like he's he's going to be going through some stuff over the next yep. little bit, so they'll be without him. 
They added some vets like Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard. Yep. You know, they got Kendrick Nunn, who I think replaces Schroeder really well into that rotation. Yes. So for me, the question mark is obviously how does Russell Westbrook fit into all of this? If if he can realize that LeBron is the alpha of this team, Anthony Davis is the second guy, and we just need you to fill in and be just a better Dennis Schroeder this year. Like, a, he's obviously a better Dennis Schroeder, but a, a far better Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm then I think we could be looking at LA heading back to the NBA finals. So what do you make of this Lakers off season? And what do you think their expectations are heading into the season? They really improved their shooting. That was the problem with the Lakers. They didn't have a lot of shooters the past couple of years and getting guys like Kendrick Nunn, Carmelo, Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Kent Blazemore. Like you added a lot of good shooters and, now you added Russell Westbrook and you up in the tempo and then adding Kendrick Nunn. They got Wando back because Wando was a really valuable piece for the Lakers championship one. If Wando didn't play like he did in those uh, 2020 playoffs, he, you know, the Lakers wouldn't have even won without him. So that was a good piece to bring him back and then getting, you know, veterans like, you know, Dwight Howard and uh, DeAndre Jordan, um, they really up the ante. They really are, you know, the, the, when you look at this team, they're really, you know, up in age and everything, but th- they have so much experience that they could win. I have them winning it all this year. I feel like LeBron, if he stays healthy, you know, playing off the ball now and playing into the, you know, big guy role, like power four, he don't really have to facilitate and all that um, unless he needs to, but he got so many point guards on that team that could facilitate and everything. Russell Westbrook has to understand that he's going to have to sacrifice his game. He can't be, you know, Russell, Russell Westbrook. We saw the previous couple of years, you've seen how his game doesn't digress into today's game with the three point shooting and everything. So he really has to really sacrifice and he could be up in assist, could be number one, number two in assist because he got so many pieces around him, around that Laker team. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, the thing that's going to kill the Lakers, I think is defense because I can only think of four players on that Laker team that could be great defenders. The others are not Rondo, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, and to a certain extent, a DeAndre Jordan. LeBron could play defense, but you're probably going to ask so much of him on offense that he's going to not play defense a lot this year. So, But that Laker team, they really up the ante, and I feel like they could win it all this year. Yeah, they're a team that they know their window is small as well. Like exactly. LeBron only has the next number of years here. Exactly. Where he's at LeBron's level. Like, yes. He'll, he'll continue to play, and and he'll kind of have kind of how D Wade was the last couple of years. Yeah. Where like he might have some moments and stuff, but you yeah. know he he is starting to get towards that time in his career. So it is championship or bust for LA. Yeah. That's why they went out and they got Westbrook. Yeah. They said we gotta we gotta make a push at it. So. Uh, shout out to LA for a big offseason. The other team in LA, busy offseason for them as well. I mean, they added Justice Winslow, which I like. Winslow's like. a player. He's just never healthy. Like when yeah. he is healthy, though, great two-way player. And I yep. think he could he could fill in, especially when Kawhi is out for these first number yep. of months. I think he could play a really big factor. They drafted Jason Preston. Unfortunately, he had surgery the other day, yep. so he's going to miss some time. But they had yep. added BJ Boston from Kentucky, yep. a guy where he's a character issue guy, but yep. the play is there. Like he's he's a quality rookie. 
the big thing for them was re-signing guys. I mean, they yeah. went out, they re-signed Reggie Jackson, they extended Kawhi, they extended mm-hmm. Nick Batum, who had yep. a bounce-back season last mm-hmm. year after having some tough years. So mm-hmm. uh, they brought in Eric Bledsoe, got rid of Beverly and Rondo, they signed Harry Giles. So not any major moves, like they didn't add another all-star like a Lakers did, but they did bring in some quality role players. So what are your expectations for the Clippers? Obviously, we talked about Kawhi being out for a while, but what are your expectations for a Kawhi-less Clippers team? I feel like, you know, the Clippers will, you know, in the top five, you know, in the Western Conference, they could probably could digest or kind of regress down to the low seed. Um, but if Paul George play like he did in the playoffs, because now he's going to be in the main focal point. And people forget he was third in MVP voting when Westbrook went down when he was with the Thunder. Um, so if Paul George really plays like he did in the playoffs, I feel like this team can go far. The thing about the Clippers, there's so many personalities on that team. I'm glad they resigned with Reggie Jackson because he had a he played really well in the playoffs. Marcus Morris has to really stay consistent because I think he's a very valuable asset with the Clippers. Um, you know, Serge Ibaka coming back um, healthy, you know, you – depend on the guy to play defense. I like Zubak, but I feel like they need to give Zubak, you know, a little bit more touches, you know, and because he's a very talented big. I'm not saying he's like a Nookage or a um, Valachunas, but he's a, a good asset for the Clippers. So I, I see that the Clippers could, you know, I could see how they could get into the top five, but I feel like they could, if they don't really play consistently, you know, in terms of scoring, I feel like they could probably, you know, get into the low seat. Terrence Mann has to step up. I feel like he'll be a, the second option, you know, behind Paul George or, you know, the third option behind Reggie Jackson. So the Clippers, it just really depends. The Clippers go as far as the Clippers won't. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the saying. It's the saying the past couple of years. So, um, you know, you know, they re-signed it. They didn't even make too many moves, but – it just really just depends for them. So, yeah, like Luke Kennard is another guy for me yeah. that really has to step up. Yes, he's yeah, he's just someone that I think needs to needs to improve. I think overall, when I look at the Clippers, like it's all dependent on Kawhi. Like, like yeah. this team can carry them to the playoffs. Yeah, will Kawhi return in time to get some games under his belt before the playoffs? Or is he going to play at all? Because for all we know, Kawhi Leonard may not play a basketball game this season. So, yeah, yeah, if he comes back with 10 games left, get some legs under him before they get to the playoffs, they might be fine because that's a tough team to out in the playoffs when both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing well. But if he's not, this is just a team that's going to make the playoffs. They might give a team a tough series, but ultimately go down in the first round. So that would be where I view the Clippers. Yeah. The team behind them is a team that I'm really intrigued to see what's happening here because low-key, they had a great offseason. Golden State, they extended Steph. They paid him a lot of money, justifiable money. Anyone who shits on how much money Steph Curry made, he brought you multiple championships. He's the best player in your franchise history, best shooter of all time. Pay the man. Pay him whatever he wants for doing what he did for your franchise. Uh, they went out, they brought in Iguodala, so uh, that'll be interesting. I don't know how much he has left. He may more so be one of those guys that at the end of the year turns into a coaching position more than anything else. Uh, Bayalinsa, I like him as a player. He's a big that can stretch the floor for them. 
Otto Porter, a guy that a couple years ago we really liked, and then some injuries happened, but could find a career resurgence here in Golden State. They drafted Kuminga and Moody, both guys that I'm really high on. And then you got Clay Thompson coming back. You've still got Andrew Wiggins. On paper, this team looks deep. It looks like a team that could make a push in the Western Conference. So what are your expectations for Golden State? How do you see this season playing out for them? This one I've been talking about all summer long. I feel like Golden State could be one of those teams that could reach the conference finals or could be the finals if Steph plays like Steph played like he did uh, last year, you know, going into these MVP discussions because people forget, you know, how much Steph is a game changer when, you know, he scores that basketball and everything. People forget that. Clay Thompson being back, um, you know, It'd be, you know, time to hit a ton in January Uh, with him being back. I feel like he'll, you know, he won't be the same Clay Thompson. He ain't going to defend the best players. That's what you get Kaminga for. Kaminga is going to probably guard the best players play each and every night. Um, You know, Draymond's still going to be Draymond. I like uh, Juan um, Toscano. He's a Draymond light. He's a defensive player. Jordan Poole, a lethal score off the bench. So he'll bring the scoring um, off the bench. Uh, Moses Moody, I'm very high on him too as well, being able to be a good scorer. Iguodala bringing the veteran uh, veteranship and helping that young team out. Um, Otto Porter Jr., very underrated signing. I feel like, you know, if injuries didn't happen, you're talking about a guy that could score and play defense too as well. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I uh, know everybody talking about the vaccine situation. Oh, he ain't going to get the vaccine. He finally got vaccinated. Thank goodness gracious. But I feel like he'll, you know, he, he's going to be an asset uh, as a two-way player. Uh, Wiseman, depending on the health of him, we saw him go down. I feel like he had, he's oozing a lot of potential. He's oozing a lot of potential. So I feel like Golden State could be, you know, a top three team on paper if Steph comes out and plays like Steph. And, I mean, that team is looking really good. You know, very underrated team to watch out for, especially like, with the core. If Clay Thompson comes back and is Clay Thompson, then, Matt, th- this is – this is a team that's going to be up there with the Lakers and yep. the Jazz and all those teams. Yep. If he comes back at 80% or 70% of what he was, that's still good, but it's not like it's not Splash Brothers again. Like no. like he'll be able to to pr- still provide the shooting side of things, the yeah. defending side though, they're going to want to not have him guarding those guys as much as exactly. he pointed out. So that's going to be they're just they, to me they could win 60 games they could win 40 games. Like they're just so such an odd team overall because there is a lot of talent there. Just can't yeah. they put it all together in yeah. one season. Yeah. And then the last team in the division, we got the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they've been the bottom of this division for a long time. Um, they drafted Davion Mitchell, who I like out of Baylor, uh, Terrence Davis and Rashawn Holmes. They signed them to multi-year deals. Rashawn Holmes had a very underrated season last yeah. year. Not a name that a lot of people talk about, mostly yep. because he's in Sacramento. Yep. You know, they traded for Tristan Thompson. They signed Mo Harkless and Alex Len. It's just another underwhelming offseason because outside of that Holmes one, none of those deals for me are like, oh, that's a, that's a good pickup. And it felt like they were just trying to round out the roster. They still don't know what they want to do with Buddy Heald because yep. he was in trade rumors again. I feel like he's he's always in trade rumors like every year, just like Miles Turner. Like yep. that name gets thrown around more than yep. any name yep. out there. 
I mean, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I thought he was the seal of the draft last very year. Very crafty. Mm-hmm. Very crafty. And I think if they pair him alongside De'Aaron Fox, you're starting to get something in the backcourt. But this is a team that play-in game is the very best that they could yeah. do. And I think a lot would need to go right in order to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so what did you make of the Kings offseason? And then we'll give our predictions for where this division is going to finish. Um, I love the Davion Mitchell pick in the draft. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of clamping defense and also him, you know, you know, scoring the basketball. Um, I feel that's a really good pick. Um, they didn't really do a lot much for me. I mean, they still got Harrison Barnes, um, De'Aaron Fox. I feel like they're wasting his prime away. You know, in Sacramento, just playing Sacramento, the organization is not that great. Um, Tyree's very crafty, and then Davion coming. Them three players will be very high. Um, you know, like you said, they got Mo Heartless. Um, they have Alex Lynn, uh, Kristen Thompson. I mean, I feel like Tristan Thompson is probably at the end of his career, basically. Um, so we ain't going to expect a lot out of the Kings this year. Um, you know, like I said, they're playing in a tough division when you got three or four of those teams that could easily be in the top five in the Western Conference if healthy. Um, but, I mean, not really expected a lot. You know, De'Aaron Foster is still going to do his thing. Um I mean, what else to talk about the Kings and all that, you know? What else? Well, I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's like the Toronto Raptors. No offense to, you know, you and all that, you know, but, like. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm not even a Raptor yeah. fan. Like, yeah, it's well, when, like, pe- when people see my NBA power rankings heading into the season. Yeah. I risk deportation with where I've got the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. so, so we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see how the Canadians react to the Raptors there. But division-wise, so. We'll go we'll go five through one. So I'm assuming at number five we can just keep it rolling like it's Sacramento's yeah. gonna yeah. finish five. Yes. At four for me, it's the Clippers because of injuries. Like I think they're gonna be that six or seven seed in the West. And I just think that missing Kawhi is just it's huge. Like you're missing a top ten player when healthy in the NBA. So who do you have it for? The Clippers, basically the same reason that you said. But the, I mean, the only way they could probably, you know, go up is if Paul George really play like he did in the playoffs, basically. And Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann step up, you know, especially Reggie Jackson with that extension he had. But the Clippers, to me, are like the fourth best in this division. Uh, I got Golden State at number three. Yep. Golden State at three. I have Phoenix at two. Yep. And then the Lakers at one. Like, the... To me, last year, like Phoenix was healthy all year. All these other teams dealt with injuries. They went on and they they justifiably had the two seed. The Lakers now they've got the depth. Like yep. if, if AD misses time, they've still got Westbrook. They don't have to put it all on LeBron. You know they added none and other guys to to kind of help push yep. push things along in a long NBA season. You know an eighty two game schedule is tough every year, so. I just think they have the depth now to to pass Phoenix in that regard. I agree, and I feel like chemistry is another big issue because you heard AD and, you know, there was mixed friction with him and Schroeder because Schroeder wasn't giving him the ball and everything. So with, you know, Westbrook and AD and LeBron playing, you know, together, I mean, that's, that's I mean, that chemistry, you know, that's that's the big question mark. Is Westbrook able to sacrifice for AD? AD really, I feel like AD could very well could be in that MVP discussion if he stays healthy, if he plays a aggressive they want him to put he he doesn't want to play the five but he needs to play the five just because like i mean nobody can't stop him i mean nobody can't stop him if healthy so he just got to just 
put on his pants and not wear no diapers and just play the freaking five <laughs> position. Like, geez. But um, yeah, he, he really hates playing the five, and I just does. don't get it because his quickness at the five just puts those centers exactly. in like they, they're on their heels the whole time. And it's yeah, he should be playing the five. On that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, we're gonna head over now. We're gonna talk about the top 100 players list, but I want to remind our listeners as well. To go and check out Play Pickup, it's a free-to-play. All you have to do is enter your phone number to sign up. You make your picks for games across various sports, including basketball. Uh, you earn points, and you can win some sweet prizes in the process, like gift cards to Fanatics and, and a bunch of other great prizes on there. So go check Play Pickup. They're also featured in all of our Off the Ball Network articles. So go and vote on those every time an article drops, and you, know, you can win some sweet prizes. But we're going to get into... The, we're on the, the final leg of the top 100 player list for Steven and I. So last week, uh, we went through Steven's list. We dissected it. Uh, Hoopers were very critical of uh, Chris Paul being where he is. I have him lower this week. So so we'll see uh, what JP's reaction is to it. But my list ended with Zach Levine at 27 and Jalen Brown at 26. So we're going to get into my 25 through 21, starting with, Julius Randle. Uh, a lot of people have him lower, but it's difficult for me to put a guy who was all NBA last year lower. And, you know, it is one year, but we have to respect a guy that was 24, 10 and six. You know, he was he was what made that Knicks team the four seed last year. Him ascending was what helped them the most. So I got to give Julius Randle his just due by having him at 25. I got Zion at 24. <laughs> like, 27, 7, and 3 on 61% shooting in your second year in the NBA. The guy's an absolute monster. We know that. I have him lower than Steven did. Steven had him at 18 because while I respect the talent, part of what I put into my list was team success. And it wasn't a major part, but it, it has to be factored in. And until Zion can figure out how to win in the NBA – because he is he has quality teammates around him like Brandon Ingram. So I want to see them win more games before I'm ready to put him up there. Uh, at 23, I've got Carl Anthony Towns for the same reason. Talent-wise, top 15 in the NBA. Easily. We're talking about a guy that's 24 and 10 every night. He's a 48% shooter. He can step out and hit threes. But he's in Minnesota, and they don't win a lot of games. So no. it's really difficult to put him higher because – you know, he had that one playoff run when Jimmy Butler was there. But since then, it's been tough times in Minnesota. We'll see what they can do this year with Russell Healthy, Anthony Edwards in year two. They might start to creep up those standings now that they have some more quality guys there. Russell Westbrook at 22. I mean, 22-11-11, and 11, another triple-double. Uh, he's just incredible to watch. He's a guy that gets so much hate for no reason, and when he retires, I think we're going to go back and look at his career and the way that he played and just say, wow, wow, was that Amazing. guy good. Um, he gets a lot of hate for the bad shots and all that stuff, but new situation in L.A., he's going to be asked to do a little bit less on that Lakers roster unless guys are out, so I want to see what Russ brings to the table there. And then at 21, Steven had him at 17. I've got him at 21. It's Chris Paul. The numbers aren't going to jump off the page like 16, 9, and 4. They're, they're solid, but they're not what Chris Paul used to be. Um, his leadership more than anything, I think, is, is what puts him here because you could look at other guys' numbers and say, 
oh, but this guy averaged this. Like, he's got to be higher. Well, Chris Paul went to the NBA Finals last year. you got to give him credit for what he brought to the table for that Phoenix team. So I think 21 is fair. I don't think he's outside the top 25 or anything, but I also think some guys ahead of him bring a bit more to the table. So, JP, these are the first five names. What do you make of the list? Is there a guy that's too high, a guy that's too low? What do you make of it? Um, I feel like it's just right. Um, you know, Julius Randle, you could make an argument could be a little too high, but like you can't argue with a guy that made an all NBA team and made the Knicks what they want, got him back into the playoffs. It's gonna be interesting for this season because you know, we was talking about Wando and how well he didn't how he didn't play well in the playoffs. But regular season, we just have to wait and see. I feel like he's gonna improve, he's gonna benefit a lot, you know, and this Knicks team's got a whole lot better with a lot of draft picks they picked up Zion I mean you know the that that's that's that the organization it just seems like he, you get him rumors that he's not happy though because of the organization and the team that he has around losing Lonzo Ball is a huge thing too um but Zion you know numbers and all that if he has like the team success I feel like he easily be a top 10 player um but that's gonna be you know because he's still young so it's gonna come a couple years Anthony Towns same talent but the Situation Minnesota. I mean, that's no argument there. Uh, Chris Paul hired in Westbrook. I like that just because Chris Paul, he is asked to do more than Westbrook because Westbrook can still put up the numbers, but he has to sacrifice his game. He's, he's going to keep regressing, but he has to sacrifice his game for LeBron and AD. So I like this list. The thing with Chris Paul is that we know that this is as high as his numbers are going to get. Exactly. Like, like, it's not like this year he's coming out and averaging, like, 22, 10, and 5. Like, that's nope. just – those days have passed. Yep. But a lot of this has to do with where Phoenix went last year. Yep. Because if Phoenix was first rounded out, we wouldn't be talking about Chris Paul today yep. because he would have been on a prior episode outside mm-hmm. the top 25. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this rewarded how well they played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, team success is a little bit of it. But it's more so how they individually played. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul wasn't the big reason why Phoenix went as far as they did. Devin Booker ascending and dropping 30 every other night was mm-hmm. what really did it for them. And it was an all-around team effort with Aiden yep. and Bridges and Payne and all these yep. guys. So yep. I wanted to reward that. And Westbrook, let's face it, they went to the first round and didn't really do a whole lot. Obviously, they were in tough against a, a very good Philadelphia team. But mm-hmm. You know, you have to reward guys for going yeah. deep in the playoffs, especially in these preseason rankings, because, look, by midseason, Chris Paul could be 30, Westbrook could be 30, <laughs> who knows, but heading into the season based off of what they did last year yeah, sure. and how things look for him this year, I think it's fair. Yeah. So we're going to move on to 20 through 16. Uh, at 20, this, was, this guy was one of the toughest ones for me to put because Bradley Beal – if I'm punishing other guys for not winning, then I have to punish Beal as well. Because on paper, Beal's numbers last season, he led Unbelievable. the scoring. He was 31-4-4 on 48% shooting. Very high shooting percentage for a player at that position. I mean, he's this year is going to take the Wizards as far as they're going to go. Like, we saw they, they got rid of his co-star in Westbrook. They brought in more of a well-rounded approach with Dinwiddie and Harrell and Kuzma and KCP. But this team goes as far as he does. And, yes, he's a walking bucket offensively, 
Still not a great defender on one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yep. Steven had him at 23, so I might even be overvaluing him at 20. But I think where he is, until he proves that he can lead a team to the playoffs, be the focal point, because Westbrook took away from that last year. Yeah, I just I want to see it happen this year. Yeah, 19 for Kawhi strictly has to do with injury. Mm-hmm. And Steven had him at 11, but I couldn't put him at 11 knowing that he's not going to play pretty much the entire season. Yep. I will give him his just due, though, of if he plays 10 games this season, what he brings to the table is top 20 worth. Oh, because yeah. he's 25, 6, and 5. He shoots 51%. <laughs> On-ball defender, like he's the clock. Mid-range, like, deadly. Like mid-range, he is just special. So outside of injury... Kawhi at 19, that's why I have him there. No other reason than that. Jimmy Butler at 18. Uh, Steven had him at 16. I find it difficult to put him higher because he was 21-7-7, so all around a great leader for Miami, 49% shooting. They got swept last year. I know they dealt with injuries throughout the year, but you can't go to the playoffs and get swept for me. Uh, it was <laughs> like... Because they had they had the roster to win a game against Milwaukee. We saw them beat them the year prior. They should have won a game in that series. And Jimmy didn't play great in that series. So I had to detract a little bit for some guys ahead of him, like at 17, Chris Middleton. He hit big shot after big shot last year for them, especially in the NBA Finals. He closed out games. He did what we finally wanted from Chris Middleton, which was stop being Robin. You can be Batman sometimes. And he was 26 and five. Uh, his career trajectory for me just completely changed last year. He's not just a solid shooter. He's a big game shooter now. Uh, he's a guy that you can rely on to close out a game. So I got Middleton there. Kyrie at 16, another guy that's tough to judge because he could be outside the top 100 if he doesn't play this year. <laughs> but but talent-wise, he's the 16th best guy in the NBA because he's on a team that's going to win a lot of games. Last year is 27, six and four on 50% shooting. He's one of the most gifted ball handlers of all time. He's one of the greatest finishers at the rim of all time. He shoots it efficiently. It's always about availability with Kyrie is his heart in the game is his head in the game. Is he focused on other things outside of basketball? Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there, that could be a factor. So Kyrie at 16, what do you make of this this next five? Uh, I actually like the list. The Bradley Bill argument, you know, he was second, you know, in scoring behind Steph Curry. Um, but like you said, team success has to come first. I, I'm interested more and in see where his head's at because I know he said that he didn't want to be in Washington and wants to be traded. Um, but then you give him some pieces like a KCP, Kuzma, Harrell, Harrell and uh, Dinwiddie. Uh, we'll see how far he, uh, Bradley Bill takes that team. I feel like they're still going to be a play-in team. I don't think they're going to be like a, like a playoff team. Quiet um, Leonard, health, that's pretty much what it sums down to. If he was healthy, he's easily a top-five player. Jimmy Butler, you know, yes, he was um, injured and uh, missed a lot of games last year, but when he came back, he wasn't really Jimmy Butler. Like, he, you know, wasn't given, like, you know, 20-something points a game. You know, like one game he might score 25, another game he scores 13. So he was very inconsistent last year, and he didn't play well in the playoffs. Like, they they beat Milwaukee the year prior, and they got swept last year. So um, Chris Milton, 
stepped up to the plate, you know, got an NBA championship. We've seen when Giannis went down that Chris Middleton became Batman. Mo said it best. The Bucks will go as far as Middleton goes. He's like, you know, I'm not comparing it. It's like a Kobe-Shaq relationship. Giannis is Shaq, um, and Middleton's Kobe because Giannis can't finish games. Middleton can close out games and hit. And you've seen that in the final game of the finals. He hit that shot to close it out to give the Bucks the championship. So Middleton, with his talent alone and his length, and, you know, you can defend, you can uh, trust him as a defender too. Uh, easily a top, you know, a top 20 player in the NBA. Kyrie, depending on if his nails and toes are done, um, and he's available this year, um, and when he wants to play, talent-wise, I mean, you can't deny his talent's top 20 player in the NBA, but it just depends on availability. Like I said, if he wants to go to the nail salon and miss the game, totally fine with him. You know, if he wants to go to Burger King or McDonald's or Hardee's, whatever he wants to go, you know, just depends. Just It just depends. It just depends on availability and his beliefs and all that, you know? So, I mean, you know what I mean? It is what it is, but talent-wise, gift the ball handle to shoot, could score 50 easily, could score yeah. 50. But it just really just depends on where his head's at, you know, this show. Yeah, definitely. So the last five, there's a lot of love for young players in this next mm-hmm. five, but I think mm-hmm. it's completely justified based off of last season. 15 is Donovan Mitchell. Um, Steven had him 14. I got him 15 here. He was 25, four and four, shot the ball well, led Utah to the one seed. Uh, they got out of the first round, lost in the second round, though. So I had to penalize based off of the fact that his team was there. Like he has the roster around him. I expected him to win that second round series. So the fact that they didn't was a bit disappointing for me. Trey Young at 14. I mean, he led the Hawks to the East Finals last year, six gamer against Milwaukee. Guy. <laughs> silence the garden on multiple occasions. <laughs> Ice Trey, he was he was great to watch last year. He really elevated his game. He doesn't play a lot of defense, but he doesn't really have to in Atlanta no. when you've got Capella on the back end and other guys. So I think he's in the perfect situation as yep. well long term. Devin yep. Booker at 13. He was Stevens 15. I'm giving Booker some love based off of the fact that he went to the finals. He played so well in the playoffs. Uh, he was putting up 30, 40 points. Like he was, he was just special to watch Anthony Davis at 12. Uh, this, this is where Steven had him as well. I just think when he's healthy, he's just outside the top 10 because he's not always healthy. Exactly. Like, like if, if Anthony Davis was playing 82 games, he's in that like nine to seven range, but yep. he doesn't. And so availability, you got to ha- factor that in. And then Paul George, what's funny is, he had Kawhi at 11, Paul George at 19. I've got Paul George at 11 and Kawhi at 19. So we completely flip-flop on this one. But <laughs> for me, Paul George, he was great in the playoffs. He's no longer playoff P. He shook that last year. He's a great two-way player, big shot maker overall. I just love his game. And I think he's just outside the top 10 players in the NBA right now. Uh, but he was very close to being my number 10. So... Uh, what do you make of the list? And then we'll wrap things up here. 
love the Trey Young and Devin Booker up there because of how well they played in the playoffs and people finally seeing recognition that they could really could play. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I like him at 15. He's another player that's just dynamic, you know, could score 40, 50 points if he wants to and everything. But I know he wants to win um, with that Utah Jazz team and also, you know, you know, missed a couple games last year in the regular season and missed some in the playoffs. But yeah, that loss to the Clippers kind of hurting him a little bit. So you got to punish him. Anthony Davis, health, like I said, healthy nine to seven, a top 10 player. He has to be aggressive and has to play the five position. Like I said, <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, Paul George. Like I said, if you would think who had a better long shot to win MVP would be Paul George, just because Kawhi is out. And Paul George, like I say, played really well in the playoffs. If he plays like that this year, could definitely be in that MVP discussion because two-way player could shoot, could put up those points and everything, what you ask of him. So I like Paul George at 11. Um, so. Yeah, I think when it comes to the Mitchell versus Booker debate, a lot of people are pro Mitchell. I think a lot of that has to do with team success last year of them being the one seed and everything, but the numbers are very comparable between those two. And for what I saw in the playoffs from Booker impressed me more this year, like a year ago when we were in the bubble and we saw Mitchell, you know, trading those games with Jamal Murray, I might've changed my tune, but recency, I have to go Devin Booker just based off of how well he played, especially in the NBA finals. So that's why I have him ahead of Donovan Mitchell. And I'm sure people will be upset because a lot of people love Donovan Mitchell and think he's the <laughs> superior player to, there. But to me, they're almost interchangeable at times. They're just that special at their spots. So JP, this was a ton of fun, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, tell the folks where they can find your work at home. Uh, definitely. Um, you see on my screen, it says it's just JP. That's my YouTube channel. I just released a reaction video for the NBA 75th anniversary trailer. Really good trailer. If you haven't, uh, check it out. And also my reaction to it. That's getting a lot of views. Um, so yeah, check me out on my YouTube channel. Um, definitely bringing the LeBron James, uh, Michael Jordan comparison. Hopefully the video will uh, show up tomorrow on my channel. Definitely tune in and click the notification bell to know when my next upload is and subscribe down below to it's just jp and check me out on jp franchise 57 on twitter and justin payton on facebook definitely going to be active a lot in terms of tweeting and everything and um just doing just different things around so um definitely just check me out mostly on my youtube too as well so for sure you can find all of jp's work as well as mine at offtheballnetwork.com exactly. the mothership for the break of the game show <laughs> Uh, and follow, go and follow all the off the ball social media accounts as well. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Facebook, we've got a lot of our articles get posted there. A lot of our live shows are there. Twitter, our Twitter account run by the phenomenal Edgar. He does a great job. We Shout break out. news. We put out articles, videos, all that stuff on there. So be sure to check that out. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG NBA pod as well. Uh, we will be doing our Southwest and Northwest Division preview show next week. I uh, guess to be determined on that. But also, Stephen and my top 10 NBA players list as well. Something you're not going to want to miss because a lot of people have been uh, clamoring over this final uh, 10 players. Because that's what it's really all about. Who are the top 10 guys heading into the year? But thank you to everyone who tuned in on Dash Radio to the Breaking the Game show. And we'll see you guys next week on Off the Ball Mondays. 
Hey.